Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy basketball tools and analysis on the entire internet. Go check them out at HashtagBasketball.com and Draft.com, the best place for daily fantasy basketball, actually just daily fantasy sports in general. If you want to win some money, you're good at fantasy basketball anyway. Draft.com is a better way of playing daily fantasy instead of, you know, spending salaries on random guys that you've never heard of at the bottom of the roster. You're drafting against other people for daily prizes. And it's my favorite way to play at draft.com. And if you use the, ha- uh, the, the promo code, hashtag basketball HTB, just promo code HTB, you will get a free entry to your first draft. That is at draft.com. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me as always is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Cool. We are about to embark on another week of fun fantasy action. Week seven was a quick week, Tyler. Went by too, too fast. I had the privilege of seeing the Bulls win a basketball game. Incredible. Was that the first one all year? It was the first one that I remember (laughs) happening at all. And it was a, uh, uh, you know, the Bulls were up by 22 against Memphis. And with about four minutes left, they were up by one. So once again, they really, really tried to lose that game. And I really wish they would try harder and lose all the games so they can get a uh, the best chance of getting a top pick in the next draft because this ain't it for the Chicago Bulls. This season is not it. Interesting, too, to see what, like, what do they go for? Are they going to go for a wing? Are they going to go for a point guard? Like, they just signed Sadoransky and drafted Kobe White, so they kind of got a point guard. So are they just going to go for a wing? I feel like here soon it's going to be five lottery picks in that starting lineup, so eventually you should win some games, right? Yeah, you would, you would think eventually they should win some games, but they obviously they just don't know how to tank. So they have lottery picks, but they're all like, mid to low lottery picks and really you know you make your money off those those Luka Doncic picks as you know interesting news going on in the NBA right now and before we get into our week eight preview we might have a couple coaches leaving the uh, Fisdale being one of them Tyler and you do you know how excited it makes me to hear that Fisdale is he officially out yet or the Knicks still waiting oh they fired him on Friday that's what I thought. That's what I thought. And fantastic news for fantasy basketball it, um, managers. I think so. Absolutely. I think that there has to be some source of consistent playing time coming soon for Frank Nilakina or hopefully Julius Randle, Mitch Robinson. Like I think See? this is going to be a positive, not a negative. We have the smallest of small sample sizes, right? There was one game with new coach Mike Miller, which is weird, right? Because he was just playing in the NBA like a couple years ago, wasn't he? That long ago. The dude who hit the three balls. You remember Mike Miller, right? I I definitely remember Mike Miller. So he played a three-point guard rotation with Alfred Payton, Frank Nilakina, and Dennis Smith Jr. getting 12, 17, and 19 minutes. He played a what? He played six guys off the bench, so he played an 11-man rotation to begin with, and each guy got minimum of 12 and maximum of 35, uh, 36. Barrett got 36. 
it was still, I mean, he basically played Randall, he played Morris, he played Barrett, and then it was a cluster bleep after that. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to figure itself out right away, but I, the 25 minutes for Mitch Robb is, one, incredibly, incredibly promising. And eventually, you know, once he figures out what he, wa- he wants to do with this team, I just think it's it's better than Fizdale. Everything's better than Fizdale. You cannot convince me Fizdale was better for this team in any sh- way, oh, shape, no, or no, form. No, 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 I'm not going to argue that. I'm just saying, you know, their roster doesn't lend itself to a consistent every night rotation in the sense that they're very heavy with kind of point guard sized players and power forward sized players. So I think, you know, depending on the matchup, you're going to have to mix and match with that roster a little bit. Like, for example, you know, Kevin Knox, if you're going to play him as like a two guard, like they've been quite a bit, he's going to get absolutely roasted against some teams and he's going to basically play himself off the floor. So just like it's I'm not saying Fizdale was a good coach because he had a little bit better. I know. So it was actually a worse roster, but it was a little better fitting roster last year. And he still did crazy stuff with the rotations. But I don't think the rotation madness is ever going to stop with this team just by the way they're built. This, simply due to the design of this terrible, terrible roster. You know, I, I'm going to disagree. I just think that the guard the guard play will eventually figure itself out, and they will settle on at least someone here by, you know, by late December, January, versus never settling with Fisdale, where he would just, like, blatantly lie to you who's going to start. To me, that, that, that alone is like, I can now stream even better because I'm not going to get dicked around by Fisdale. And they they could very well blow it up too, right? Like they could trade Morris to a contender. They could trade, you know, some of these other guys and maybe try to get something back. You know, package some of those younger players and I, and try to get get one. So I think that's what they were trying to do with that stupid stupid roster. Is that they'll just get a bunch of, you know, seven sixth and seventh guys on an on the team and then you know dip them out to the highest bidder. The problem is, is they're going to be stuck with all the ones that nobody wants. And you know, I'm not even sure anybody's going to want more than one or two of them. So uh, good luck to you, all you Knicks fans out there. Good luck to you. And the other coach, Cleveland Cavaliers has, they have not fired their coach yet. That's the one I'm thinking of that hasn't, they have not fired their coach. I just hired him. So I can't imagine they're going to fire him already. Right. Uh, There's rumors. There's rumors out there. So we're going to have to keep an eye on what's going on with the Cavs, but like whether they're getting rid of their coach or not the the bad start, the bad press coming out of the front office. There they, just sm- smells like a team that's about to blow it up. They actually had a decent start, right? They were like four and four, They're four and five after their first nine games. And then since then, they've won. Guess how many, Mike? Since their first nine games, guess how many wins they have? Two. They have a one. They beat the Trailblazers. They I was lost. Say, did they beat they the won- Bulls? They lost six in a row, then they bleed the Trailblazers, and now they have lost six in a row again, and they play the Celtics on Monday night. That's why the press is coming out against them, Tyler. So I'm keeping an eye on that situation there. I'm seeing if they're going to eventually just blow that team up as they already should have. I just don't know what people are waiting for. Like, Jim Boylan's a bad coach. Fire him. Fizdale's a bad coach. Fire him. Your team sucks. Blow it up. What What are you waiting for? I have no idea. Uh, well, let's get a- for Cleveland, it's just weird in the sense that you know, they have a lot of pieces that seem semi-desirable. Like Tristan Thompson's on a one-year contract now. Granted, he's making $18 million, So 
but somebody might buy that. Just he's a good rebounder. He's having a good season. You know, Kevin Love's got three more years on his deal. You're not competing. Why would not trade Kevin Love for whatever price you can get? You know, and then they got some other guys that like Jordan Clarkson. He's not really going to be part of your next good team, is he? I mean, he's already 27. Like, I don't still understand why Cleveland doesn't move some of these guys for whatever price they can get. They're going to have to. Like, get, what, what, like I said, what are they waiting for? This, this hypothetical Kevin Love stock is going to go up. I, I just don't see it happening. But, you know, let's, let's move on to week eight. It is uh, a, a good week, finally. I think with the, the holidays, it got weird. Uh, week seven, we were kind of back to normal with our, with our streaming ability. But this week, I kind of like a little bit more. We have pretty much eight or nine games all week, except for our Tuesday and Thursday four-game sets in a big, big set on Wednesday with 11, 11 teams playing on Wednesday. The Mavericks, Blazers, Spurs, and Wizards are all only playing two games this week, just, just two games for them, while everybody else, three or four, uh, we we rarely get that five game weekend anymore, Tyler. I think there's only I looked this I looked at this at the beginning. I think there's only two or three all season, which I mean that used to be fairly common. And they're they're trying to cut back on all that stuff. Yeah, the two game teams. You know, we didn't get a ton of those, which is good and it's bad, right? Like the more of those there are, the more advantage there is to playing four games. The Blazers play a, a Mexico City game, or the the Mavericks, I mean, play a Mexico City game against the Pistons. So we got our first one of those. That's on Thursday. So, and that is a not on national TV, which surprised me, um, to be what honest. Because I, I, I thought usually when they did those, they tried putting them on the national TV, but they did not. So it is Pistons against Mavericks in Mexico City. But yeah, I feel like we also, with the 16 teams that we got playing four times, we got a lot of juicy streamers. Like I think we talked about, maybe it was last week, maybe it was the week before, that like, a lot of the teams didn't really have a great streamer. I feel like this week we probably had more than 10 that I could have put in my top 10. Like there's a lot of guys playing four games that are out there on waiver wires that are producing quality stats. And some guys it's like Chris Dunn, you know, they're only really producing quality, super elite stats in one category. And then everything else is just okay. But then there's a lot of guys out there that are producing a pretty solid across the board line that people just aren't paying attention to or they're just not reacting to they don't think it's real i'm not sure but um it surprises me yeah i think um let's let's actually just go ahead and talk about those guys i we always talk about the 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 shocking undervaluedness of some of these these players who are rostered in less than half of the leagues out there and you know this week there's a lot of opportunity because you know with the amount of you know four teams only playing two games you know outside of your Luka Doncic's your your super high usage guys you know you're gonna if you're in a weekly league you're probably gonna be sitting some of those more mediocre players on those two game uh squads Daniel House right here at the top of your list once again he's top 100 player he's hitting threes a very very nice clip and he plays the minutes he gets over a steal a game and over a half a block a game like why is he still underrated, Tyler? I mean, I just don't understand why no one no one wants him. Like, I don't know if they don't think it's real or whatever, but, like, maybe it changes a little bit when Eric Gordon comes back. But for right now, House's value looks 
set in stone to me. He's going to come out. He's going to hit you two and two or three three pointers. He's going to score like twelve points. He's going to give you four rebounds, which four rebounds isn't anything to sneeze at. You know what I mean? Like it's not it's not elite by any means, but it's also not terrible. And then you mentioned it: one point two steals, point six blocks. Like that's helping you win your week. And I'd rather have four games of Daniel House at those stats than even somebody like. Man, let's see who's playing two games this week. Two games of anyone on the Blazers not named Lamarcus Aldridge. I mean, the Spurs. You mean the Spurs? Yeah. Yeah. I I might rather have him than DeMar DeRozan, to be honest with you. Like, think about that. Now, DeRozan's going to give you those assists that you're not going to get. But what are you going to get? Like, you know, maybe maybe he scores two 20 point games, DeRozan, and he gives you 40 points. House is probably going to give you more. Yeah. I think so. I mean, so. That's the way you got to look at it is like, you know, two games of a guy who averages 25 and five, right? He's giving you 20, 10 and 10. Well, a guy like house, you're going to get, you know, four games. You're going to get what? 38 points. You're going to get 16, almost 20 rebounds. You're going to get five steals, probably two blocks, ton of three pointers, you get 10, three pointers. So yeah, I mean, I think House is a guy. Alec Burks is another guy. Like he's super underrated. Still only owning forty eight percent of leagues. Playing thirty minutes every night, averaging fifteen points a game. Like fifteen points a game is a good amount. And he's also getting four point four rebounds and a steal and one point four three pointers. Like I feel like those two guys should be owned in a lot more leagues. I completely agree. I want to talk about one of the players on your list here. Uh, someone I've been kind of hoping eventually takes off here and has been way better than than he, I guess, should be with the limited amount of playing time that he's been playing. Willie Cauley-Stein only playing 22 minutes a game, but over steal, over block a game. And that is, that's really nice. Like, that is a really good streamer. Like, you come in, you get your blocks and steals up a little bit from him, and that's a solid spot start from Willie Cauley-Stein. I, I do think it's taking him a little bit to, you know, get back into the the basketball season here. He's only been really playing for the last month-ish at, at more than 20 minutes a game. I'm hoping he takes a bigger role on this on this Golden State squad. Like I there's a nice, you know, 11 and 12 game out there from him. He he's definitely hit or miss right now, but I'm I'm really hoping that usage stays up. And if you look at the usage over his last, you know, 6 6 games or so, it is significantly higher than it was when he started, uh, when he came back. Oh, and so here's the thing that makes his line or his box score, his game log. That's the word I'm looking for, Mike, his game log. There it is. Incredibly difficult to look at. When it's a close game, he plays, he's lately been playing 24 to 28 minutes a game. When it's a blowout, it's 16, it's 19, it's 17. Now, this Warriors team is pretty bad, so it's kind of hard to say, okay, well, they're not going to get blown out, right? But at the same time, like, if they could just stay in these games, it looks like Kali Stein's in line for 10 more minutes a game. And obviously, that's a big boost to one's fantasy value, playing 10 extra minutes. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Here's the saving grace for you this week, Mike. They play Memphis. They play the Knicks. They play the Jazz yeah. and they play mm-hmm. the Kings. Okay. Oh, so you Not gotta feel pretty. 
the Jazz have been struggling, right? They, they've not been playing great as of late, and the other three teams are not good right now. I mean, Sacramento's missing arguably their two best players. The Knicks are bad, and the Grizzlies are bad, so they should be in those games. So this could be a real juicy week for Kali Stein playing – you know, 26, 28 minutes a game. I'm not saying that'll happen. Like, you you never know. But at the same time, this could be Kali Stein's week where he really kind of busts out a little bit. I'm really hoping it is. I think I pegged him as someone to target at the end of drafts, and he has not lived up even to that. But I really think, well, like Kali Stein, it doesn't really, they don't really have a choice. Like, that, that is someone they should probably be, you know, seeing what kind type of, talent they can get out of a still pretty young player in in the league and they have no i mean like if he's not great it doesn't matter if they're losing games doesn't matter at all so who cares you mentioned memphis jay crowder a name that is fantastically underrated and because he's he feels like he's been in the league for about 33 years and like who cares like who cares about jay crowder but jay crowder Getting 11 points, six rebounds, a steal, hitting some threes. That's that's pretty good. I'd actually, you know, him hit the two guys on this list, him and Josh Hart, pretty similar. Josh Hart playing a little bit better than that. But, yeah, very, very similar. And, and so, I, I mean, like those guys, I just don't get why people aren't interested in them because I think their thing is it's good, 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 good stats. And there's no great stats. And there's also – no like big eye popping number like 1.1 steals is good but no one's going oh my that's a ton you know like the two three pointers aren't you know jumping off the page and so these guys just get underrated him and Hart are both fantastic options for this week and guys that if you held them for the rest of the season you'd probably get some pretty good consistent value from i think you're it's not fancy it's not exciting they're not going to blow you away i just think they rise they'll increase your floor and sometimes increasing your floor just a little bit puts you over the the edge gives you enough edges in enough weeks to put you in the playoffs it's it's as simple as that you still got to strike out sometimes or um not strike out that's the the wrong one uh, sometimes you got to hit a home run with a nice streamer in order to win some weeks but you know slow as said he wins the race and we're only on week eight there's one there's more guy. yeah there's, there's one more guy on this oh, go ahead who do you want? Who you want? Who which guy you want? This last guy on the list I want to talk about. I want you to talk about him because I know you've been pulling for him more than I've been pulling for Willie Colley Stein. Darius Garland playing better, playing more minutes. Eventually, we just talked about the Cavs. They're gonna they're gonna look to maybe even blow this team up, give it all to the rookies. Why why has he why does he have promise for the rest of the year? Oh, Garland is a guy with a, a very discernible couple of skills and that it's easy. It's super easy to see, right? He is a great three point shooter. Like I think this is a guy in a couple of years that could easily shoot over 40% on his three pointers. And he's more of a scoring guard than he is, you know, some big passing point guard. Like that's a hundred percent accurate, but Garland is starting to get more comfortable in the NBA and actually make his three pointers. In the last eight games, so, you know, that's a small sample size, but you also got to realize, like, this is a young kid. This guy, like, he is going to turn 20 in January, and he's finally just getting comfortable in the NBA a little bit, I think. Over the last eight games, he's averaging 14.1 points and two and a half three-pointers a game. 
So you can already kind of see him, you know, slowly making his way into a guy that you're definitely going to want to stream. He's taken some of those minutes from Jordan Clarkson, which is knocking him kind of out of that streamers class and knocking Garland up. He's also just taking more field goal attempts in general. You know, his season high was 12 through the middle of November. And then since then, he's matched or tied that seven times. So he's just getting more comfortable taking more shots. And I think Garland is a guy by the end of the season that we can see, you know, probably scoring 16, 17, 18 points a game maybe and hitting three three-pointers. I think something we're so used to now is rookies coming out and being like blazing hot right when they hit the league. Donovan Mitchell got hot so quickly. Trey Young was better than Darius Garland even at at the beginning of last season and then really came on in the second half of the season. But the normal progression here for point guards coming out of college is that the game, it takes a while for the game to slow down for them. And until it does they do struggle but really good talented guards who go in that top you know top five in the draft that Darius Garland did they eventually figured it out and some of them they all figured out at their own pace and fans are impatient and I think if you are patient with Darius Garland you'll probably be rewarded by the end of the year I, I think he will figure it out by by the end of the year Oh yeah, well, I mean, I think I think we're already seeing him start to figure it out, which is good, right? Like over his last twelve games, so you want a little bit bigger sample size. He's shooting forty-one percent on his three-pointers. Yeah, forty-one point two percent on his three-pointers, making nice. two point three a game, and he's averaging almost thirteen points. Now, what's gonna hurt you for fantasy is he's not bringing anything on the defensive end, and that's something you know we'd like to see a little bit more is to see him get a steal. You know, do some, get a couple rebounds, get a couple assists. Those are areas of his game that he's still kind of trying to figure out. And it's not really surprising because Garland really didn't play much past high school basketball. He played five games last year before he suffered a season-ending injury at Vanderbilt. So he's making kind of an even bigger leap. Plus, he's coming back from a pretty significant injury. So, yeah, I I think it's, you know, once we get – past the new year i think garland's going to keep you know he's just going to keep getting better and better as the year goes on just because he's getting more and more comfortable and it's a big big step up in competition that he's seeing yeah i completely agree tyler you're always on these guys and i uh i appreciate it because you, you, you uh, i always like to steal your ideas and get better at fantasy basketball in my other leagues that that you're not in let's go to the back-to-backs not not a whole lot of back-to-backs here with some of the these teams with you know deep kind of deep pockets on the Tuesday, Thursday. You can always talk about Matisse Tybold, Mason Plumley for the Nuggets, Kip Bazemore for the Blazers. Tuesday, Thursday, an okay slate of games, I would say. A little of players, but I, I actually think, you know, I, I like the rest of this list a little bit better. Here's my question for down you. To the, thurs- the Thursday, Saturday, I like it a lot better. Do you think Thibold's kind of breakout game on Sunday against the Raptors means more minutes and playing time for him going forward? So he had 20 points, he had five three-pointers, played 32 minutes, three steals, a block. Was a big part of them, you know, securing that win over the Raptors. Is that a sign of maybe a little bit more playing time? Now Josh Richardson's out, but I don't know that Josh Richardson is imminently coming back either, right? Like he's missed six straight games already. 
and I don't, I have not heard any word about him coming back anytime soon. So they obviously have a spot open and they've been playing some Furkan Korkmaz and I don't know. I mean, I think Thibel may be already better than him right now for being honest with ourselves. Yeah, well, that was uh, Tybalt's second 30-minute game. And his first 30-minute game, he had six assists, two steals, and two blocks. So if he's going to play close to 30 minutes, two steals, two blocks, six assists, and just one three-pointer of five points, that's actually standard league relevant. If he's going to be able to, to uh, you know, hit three-pointers, and this kid's going to be really, really great. Take a flyer, 100% for sure. Take a flyer on him. I'm not sure this immediately translates to more minutes. I think what? it gives them more confidence in him, but I don't think it translates to more minutes in the in, in the in the short term like this quickly. What didn't make sense to me was, you know, they blew out the Cavs on Saturday. They ended up winning by 47, and he only played eight minutes. I feel like that's the game where you play a guy who's a young player that's not getting a ton of minutes, a ton, isn't it? Like, don't, don't usually young guys who are getting, like, 15, 20 minutes a game, like Thibault, get, like, 25 or 30 minutes in a 40-point blowout? That's a little strange. I actually think maybe, if I remember correctly, he might have got taken out of the game at one point. I don't know if he, like, had a hamstring thing or if it was, like, an ankle thing or – I just kind of – I vaguely remember him just, like, leaving and never coming back. And since it was a blow, maybe they're just not – they weren't risking it, which is kind of weird because usually with younger players. But uh, uh, I actually think that might ankle. be a good sign. He rolled his ankle. Okay. All right. Now I missed this part of it. He rolled his ankle. In actually, first- bringing okay. that up, that's a good sign. If they're treating him like a very important piece to their core seven where, you know, if he rolls his ankle, we're not taking any chances. Let him set the rest of the game. That's a pretty good sign. You know, I, I think he's going to be minutes? all right. All right. Yeah, I think he's going to keep sticking around. And I think if you're in deeper leagues, if you want to make a long-term play on Matisse Tybold, I think he will eventually play more significant minutes. I think in the short term, right? He he might see some more minutes with Richardson out, but I, I'm not sure. That's I I'm not gonna. Bet my whole week on it, but I'm, I'm certainly willing to take a flyer on it. And they have a, a fun week for for the casual fan in the sense that they play on TNT on Tuesday against Denver. Then on Thursday, they play on TNT against the Celtics. So they have two national TV games to start off the week. Then they play New Orleans on Friday. They play at Brooklyn on Sunday. So there's, there's their four games. I feel like you know everybody can kind of tune in and see what happens with Thibault and if Obviously, if he's getting 30 minutes, you mentioned it. Like, he's probably not going to score a ton. Like, I'm, I mentioned he had the big scoring game on Sunday. That was only the second time all season he had scored in double figures. But what he is going to give you is elite steals and potentially elite blocks. Like, there has been a lot of games this season where he's blocked. There's, he's already nine times blocked at least two shots in 22 games. That's, that's silly. And that's a guard wing guy we're talking about. Like maybe you could say he plays a little bit of small forward, whatever. So yeah, and then the threes have been he's hitting them a lot more consistently lately, which is another good sign. And I'm talking about another guy who's a rookie, you know, kind of adjusting to the NBA. If he can start hitting that three point shot, I think that's the key to him getting more minutes. And he's been hitting it recently. 
So I actually do think the minutes are trending up for him. Now, how many that's going to be, that's yet to be seen, right? Yeah, worth a rest of the year bet. If you are looking for someone to maybe, you know, change the course of those counting stats in the long term, and you're in a bigger league, not maybe not a 10 or 12 team league, but if you're something 12 plus, worth worth getting him on your roster, seeing what happens while Richardson is out, and then going from there. And I think you might be rewarded. the The league has its, you know, its kind of seasons within the season, and I think we're leaving, you know, the initial fun, small sample size, weird new roster team part of the season and into the teams figuring out solidifying their roster, starting to tank if they're terrible, maybe trying to look to make the next move if they are playoff bound. And I think things are going to settle down a little bit and then they're going to get blown right back up as we head into the new year and that trade deadline starts looming over some of these teams. So I, I, it's going to be, once again, there's been a lot of injuries this season, Tyler, but I have not found that to be and the bulls are terrible and i neither one of those things have made me kind of wane on how much i'm enjoying this nba season yeah and i think you know the the drama part of it's only going to get better i think there's going to be you know some some decent playoff races and some decent who's actually going to win this thing right like i don't know who i think is going to win this team i think the clippers might be the best team right now but do I think they're going to win it for sure? No, I'm not. I, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure about anybody who's going to win this thing yet. Yeah, I think it's wide open. I think the West is wide open. I think the East is wide open. I think we got four legitimate MVP players out there, including one who's a second-year player. Like, we are seeing a changing of the guard in, the, in this NBA, and we're also seeing that, that the fact that talent talent is increasing every single year and it's starting to be spread out to where the NBA is getting a lot, lot more interesting. I think they're they'll be in great hands. Though, you know, people love a superstar league, so I don't know how that's going to go for the ratings people, but screw them, Tyler. I don't care about the ratings people. I care about good basketball. If we look... Wait, did you see Cuban's comment on that? No, I did not. Oh, he, he made this comment, which was actually really smart, and he said about how people don't understand the ratings at all because... Like the way that it is, and and he basically made this you know comment too, that it's much harder to do the ratings than it ever has been before because so many people like watch everything on demand. So like they're not watching the second it's happening. And even with like sports, he thinks it's happening where like, you know, maybe they're out doing something at, you know, seven o'clock when the game comes on, but then like, you know, they flip on league pass at 1030 when it's over and like watch the game or they catch the condensed thing the next morning. And so he's like, number one, he thinks the ratings are crap. And number two, he's, you know, pushing for them to find ways to reach people who are not part of the traditional, you know, like television model. And I think that that whole ratings thing is just overblown a little bit. Like I think more and more people are paying attention to the NBA than they ever have been. It's just, that's not reflecting in the, they didn't watch this TNT game. And part of the problem with that, the TNT and the ESPN thing is, you know, unless you have a standard cable subscription, like if you own, if you get league pass, you don't get to watch those games. I mean, less and less people have cable packages now. 
more and more people are able to stream in many different ways. And we're consuming this stuff drastically different than we ever really had. And the pricing model is still how many people are tuned into a television, a subset of televisions that have rating boxes on them and they're tuned into the game live. Like, that doesn't mean you're not getting the amount of eyes. It just means that the, the old pricing model where you, have, you get live eyes that you can actually quantify is outdated. And uh, the, the thing that the NBA is going to start losing money on this stuff, not to mention like, you know, hey, the schedule was set too long ago and you got a bunch of Golden State games on that nobody wants to watch. Yeah, and, and that's why, I mean, they, I, I'm sure you've seen they've flexed a few out that were supposed to be right. on here coming up. And they should keep doing it. I mean, that Warriors team, they're trying their hardest. They just don't have very many NBA-quality players. Like, that's not a knock on them. That's just, you know, sometimes stuff hits the fan, and it hit the fan for them this year. It just did. I think that is it because looking ahead to Week 9, as you have here in your article on hashtag basketball.com that Tyler writes every single week, there are no games to stream Sunday to Monday. So maximize your games in week eight and let's wrap up week eight tyler you got anything else to plug and if not where can people find you on twitter you can find me on twitter at tyler p watts you can find me at watch the boxes if you want to support the show please rate and review us wherever you're listening to this too or go to patreon.com slash watching the boxes where you can subscribe to be a patreon and support the show and get access to exclusive content including our quick hits which have been very very valuable this season sadly because there's been a lot of injuries so there's been a lot of quick hits and those patreon subscribers shout out to you that have been privy to those are just one step ahead of the rest of their league so go to patreon.com slash washing the boxes and become a supporter of the show today i think that's it tyler we'll see you next time